practices. So in Australia, there's an exemption, which basically says that a political party can lie black and blue through its front teeth and mislead and deceive voters just because that's the democratic system that, you know, people should be smart enough to be... Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and ICF certified women's life coach, and I help women to harness the power of their period and connect to their feminine flow. In these episodes, we will be talking about all things periods, hormones, confidence, health, food, money, sex, business, feminine flow, your brain, energy, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new chicken nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are thinking but too afraid to say. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. So we have Dad here again, as per usual, to dumb everything down and help us all because he's so helpful and you guys love when he comes on to explain things. So today we are going to be talking into how to make systemic change and just understanding the best steps that we can be taking to make sure real change happens on a deeper level, not just on like a superficial level. So thank you for coming, Dad. Thank you, Monica. It's good to be here. Yep. Um, okay, so I'm just going to jump straight in. Can you maybe give us a little bit of a understanding of, we'll start with Australia, a little bit of an understanding of like the two different parties, as in Liberal and Labor, and like what the main difference is between them? Yeah, okay. Well, um, the Liberal Party, really going back to historically, Monica, and this is probably trace it back to history, effectively there were two large groups. There were the people who employed people, being the capitalists, the people who had the money to employ people, and there were those who were employed. Um, So you had this split that built up over politics in Australia, which was really between um, the the bosses, for want of a better word, and the unions or the workers. So and that's fundamentally found its way through into uh, political parties, which are not really the bosses and the workers, but they pick up some of similar scenarios where the Liberal Party um, uh, is considered to be a more free market, uh, remove restrictions, um, lots of capitalism, um, privatisation of industry, those type of things. And you have the Labor Party, which is more concerned about common values, um, equal wages, better job conditions and, um, you know, greater equality. So so you have, I guess, a split which was... um, driven between the psychology, which, which was much more of um, um, uh, making money and being rewarded solely for the manufacturing or the making of that money, being boss, um, versus those people who considered that, and effectively the bosses only made money through the hard work of the workers, and that equality was better from an overall society if you had an equal society or a a more fair society where you looked after those which truly made the money, which yeah. were the people who actually worked. Because obviously a boss never makes money. A boss only makes money when people work for the boss. Yeah. Um, it's the people money. The boss actually obviously gets to harvest the money sometimes, which which forms itself down not just to the bosses but also forms itself down to capital. So in other words, the money that the business uses, who's provided the money of the business, um, it tends to be, you know, in, in the capital side of the equation. Okay. All right, cool. So I guess the main thing that everyone's kind of wondering is with millennials and just like with it, with the world of Instagram, it's so easy for us to repost things and we, if we, we can fall into the trap of thinking that if we repost things and if we donate and if we sign petitions, it's going to make change. And like I thought that before, like understanding everything from you. So can you kind of run through what's actually helpful to be doing that will create actual fucking change and then the stuff that like creates awareness but it won't actually change on like a deep systemic level? Well, I think this is a very interesting scenario because, Monica, I think that the um, the movement, which is the, the Black Lives Matters movement and the impact that it's had. Um, now, it may have been through Instagram or it may have been the riots or demonstrations, more importantly. More importantly, let's talk about them as demonstrations. Let's also mm-hmm. say, unfortunately, those demonstrations were damaged by people rioting, frankly. But yeah, demonstrations are a very important part of democracy. But... Actually, it's the demonstrations that have made an enormous difference because they've garnered 
public um, knowledge uh, in relation to the matters. Now, people may say, well, it was only the rioting that caused the public knowledge. Um, it, it's, it's an unfortunate blend here, but to draw attention to the matter, that they've actually managed to draw attention to that matter um, in an extraordinary way, which, um, you know, isn't just done by Instagram. It's been an interesting scenario. Instagram has been able to magnify that impact. And so, you know, I would often say that our people scream out on, on Instagram and it doesn't actually achieve any change, and it doesn't. But when it's combined in an orchestrated fashion, um, it can have significant change. And this is a rare example where, where um, something appears to be going to happen. There could be change as a result of this. Now, what I'd be saying is a lot of things um, people, and, and, and if, the, if there is change that can be brought through this, and, and there should be, then I think it's quite empowering for younger people because I mean, I look at the people who are out there clearly doing a lot of the postings and a lot of the uh, people doing demonstrations. They were younger people. But, but really, they've got a lot to demonstrate about. And if they have success here, my God, they've got to be demonstrating about the inequality. This is one part of it. But also they've got to be demonstrating about the inequality that's going to occur in relation to the environment. So the systemic problem that you have, which people are really demonstrating about, is inequality and how that is manifesting itself in in injustice across society, right? Mm. But inequality is not just that. It's inequality in relation to the environment. It's inequality in relation to what damage is going to be done to young people in the future as a result of the older generation not giving a, a hoot, frankly, or not listening to the wills of the younger person. What is important from here is to understand there's kind of three scenarios. I think that's what you're raising. One is a lot of people will go out and they'll yell on Instagram but they don't feel they get anywhere and it, that isn't very productive. However, um, this scenario is that they should be looking at it and saying, well, what's different about this scenario? This scenario was a combination of attention being drawn, demonstrative actions, those demonstrative actions, more attention being drawn, unfortunately, in a way by having the riots which captured the world's attention but it captured the world's attention on this. So that's an elevated step of achieving something. So screaming was one. Oh, actually, we've done more now. We've screamed and we've amplified the message now by actually taking physical action on the streets. But now if you want real change, you need to say, well, how do we make sure that, you know, when everybody leaves the streets, is what people say, you can get out there and you can demonstrate. And I've been involved in, you know, numerous demonstrations in relation to climate change. You feel good, but then it goes away nothing seems to happen. So how do you make this moment stick? And to be honest, the only way you will make this moment stick is if you actually monitor what happens from here and actually make it very clear that unless X, Y and Z happens, we will be back on the street or otherwise we'll be using our democratic vote to change things. And that's the, probably the most powerful thing is to use your vote to change things because many of these things that need changing are things that only the government can change. We've all talked about other people changing it, but actually they're fundamental things that the government can change and therefore the best way to have an impact is to make sure you exercise your democratic right at the election to vote for those people who will introduce policies that are consistent with the change that you want. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on t in terms of voting, Dad, can you kind of um, give us a... An understanding of like you know when you see something from the outside of like oh this person says they do x how do you actually dig deeper to really like what are the things you need to be looking at um for each person party whatever um before you make an informed decision rather than just looking from the surface level of like oh they say i support climate change but actually like they don't do fucking shit for climate change but their marketing says that basically how do you go deeper than what their marketing shows you well, I think, I think what you have to do is, first of all, um, have a very clear and precise view that what they say does not need to be true. Oh, like, yeah. Can you quickly really explain to yeah, us that, that whole yeah. scenario of, like, it's allowed to be fake? Yeah. So in, in Australia, um, you have a concept called, for those people who've done kind of commercial law and no marketing, you basically can't, you know, mislead or knowingly mislead and deceive people. So you can't say... 
you know, my car, I'm going to sell you this great car. It does 320 kilometres an hour and it parks itself. And, of course, it'll do 15 kilometres an hour and, and drives directly into every tree that it's <laughs> leading in deceptive conduct, okay? Yeah. And, and a court would say, hang on, you can't go and say something does this and you do, and it does something completely the opposite. You're not allowed to do that. That's illegal. But not if you are a political party and not if it's engaged in, in political practices. So in Australia, there's an exemption which basically says that a political party can lie black and blue through its front teeth it's and so mislead wrong. and deceive voters just because that's the democratic system that, you know, people should be smart enough to be able to dig their way through and, you know, people should know about democracy. It's all huff and puff and people have got to be smart, otherwise they're wasting their votes. So they're allowed to try actively and they will try and they will intentionally engage in trying to mislead you, the voter. So whenever you receive information from any source in the US or in Australia, particularly if it comes from a group or a pressure group or even through Instagram, if it is in any way political in nature, you need to actually assume that it's not true until you prove it otherwise. Okay. Because it will generally never be necessarily true. It will be an interpretation of something and it doesn't need to be an interpretation of the truth. It can be an absolute direct lie as well. Mm. So there's two things. People will directly lie to you and it'll be easy to find. But the other thing they will do is they will interpret the truth in a particular way to try and convince you to believe something which is actually not true. And it'll be the same in the US that, that people will engage in activities which are misleading and deceptive. So what you have to do is be analytical. Don't believe it. You know, you are spending your vote. I mean, this is what people don't understand is they don't value their vote. Yeah. You need to say that your vote, I mean, in Australia now, when you vote, you're paying, the government is paying $9 for that vote. That's how much we are giving to the party you give your vote to. What you need to do is consider that if you need to value your vote at $100 or $1,000, okay, let's do it at $1,000 and say my vote is going to be really important because my vote... And everybody's vote determines what future I'm going to have. So let's say it is worth $1,000 and I've got to spend that $1,000. Now, do you just go out and flippantly believe any crap that anybody says and spend your $1,000? Or do you say, no, 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 hang on, I'm not handing over my $1,000. Your vote is the 1000 bucks. Well, wait, 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 let me understand this. Let me, let me know. So, so hang on, hang on. So you're from the, in this case, let's assume you go to the, the US world. I'm from the Democrats or the Liberal Party, right? They're the they're kind of sorry, the Republicans and the Liberal Party. They're kind of the same. They're the bosses kind of party. And they suddenly say, "Oh, look, you know, we think that um, the CEO's salary should be reduced." Well, you know, bing, bullshit button, right? The bullshit button should be hit straight away. Okay, this is the party that actually supports massive free capitalism. People don't understand, Monica that the currently a CEO of a company, and these companies are all, you know, big supporters of the Republicans, a CEO of a company now on the S&P in the US is paid on average 350 times more than their average employee. Whoa. 350 times more. If you did a survey of young people and asked, well, how much more do you think the CEO gets paid than the average person who works in the factory? Oh, they'll probably say, you know, I don't know, six, maybe ten times because we, we actually believe that most people believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you should have differences. That's fair enough. Ten times? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's, that'd probably be about right. The average what people, like, you know, Whoa. like people who watch the program, would on average think that a CEO maybe gets paid six times the average amount. In the US, in the S&P 500, which is the group of largest stocks, it's currently at 350 times the average salary for their employees. So in 1950, it was 40 times. It's now gone to 350 times. You guys are being screwed, screwed royal. So, so, so then if they turn around and say, well, one of our policies would be to, um, you know, restrain CEO pay and they're from the Liberal Party or the Republicans, you'd say, 
a bullshit, right? Because what you should have done is worked out, well, what is the fundamental policies of the Republicans or the Liberal Party? And it's not hard to, to look at, you know, you go to the Republicans, I just did it on Wikipedia, and what does it say? Well, what do they support? Lower taxes. What does lower taxes mean? Lower taxes means less services for those people who have less money, right? Mm. Lower taxes means, sure, it means less tax coming out of some people's pocket, but the people who pay the most tax are supposed to be those people who are earning the most money. Yeah. If you're earning virtually no money or little money, you pay less tax, but actually you should have benefits to services. So lower tax means, quote, less services. Free market capitalism. Free market capital means 500 times salaries, 600 times salaries. It means all companies will become one. It means you're going to have this mega bulimuth company which will be sucking the place dry, which is so big it keeps taking over and donating to companies and donating to governments so that it gets its own way. That's what free capitalism all means. You know, it supports gun rights. So if you, this, is what the, this is what it's saying. On, it's not hard to work. So if you say to yourself, well, do I support a party that likes all those type of things? And if you do, that's good. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. If you support that, that's absolutely fine. And if you don't, then you need to look at the other party. And the other party might say, I haven't put it up, but I mean the Democrats, for example, there are some parties in their policies will say, we support 100% equality for all. And I think a lot of people should turn around and say, well, equality for all? Does that mean that even if I work my ass off, yeah. I don't get paid any more than the person who sits around and picks their nose because <laughs> it's equality? Well, no, I'm just being... Exactly, exactly. So you have to come and analyze your balance. But equally, you may say, well, I really like the idea of the market, but this gun rights thing is crazy. I mean, what is the idea that people are slinging guns everywhere? (laughs) Shoot, you didn't have guns, you wouldn't be slinging them everywhere. (laughs) But, 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 you know, like, well, I really don't like that. So, so it isn't hard for heaven's sake, you're spending. A hunt, you're spending $1,000, right? When you spend $1,000 on a pair of shoes or a dress, do you work out whether it's made of plastic or cotton? Do you work out whether it's made in a sweatshop? Do you work out whether it can go into the dry cleaners or do you? can you wash it by hand? It's so true. Work, so true though, Dad, because when I'm buying something expensive, I literally look at, like, the quality, how it needs to be washed, X, Y, and Z, because I'm like, I'm not spending $400 and you on a dress. It's a piece of shit. People are spending more time looking at the quality of their dress than they are about how they're applying their vote. That's actually that's what, probably true. That's what you guys all need to stop doing. Think you're spending $1,000, pick it up, look at it. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a party. It's a politician. Yeah. It's something. It's a brand. What am I going to be comfortable associated with? You're going to be wearing that. Remember, when you make that vote, you're asking other people to wear the outcome of your vote. Mm. So think of your vote as a piece of clothing that you're asking everybody to wear and say, is that the right piece of clothing? Yeah. Will it fit most people? Will it make them feel comfortable? Will it actually suit and balance those people who are fat and those people who are thin and those people yeah. have a lot of money and those people who have a little? Yeah. Will, what, what will that vote actually fit? Will it actually fit right? It doesn't feel right with me. Yeah. But yep. people don't consider their vote that way. They don't consider it as something of value. Absolutely, it's of incredible value. Mm. And one thing you need to do is apply your vote with care, knowing that it has value. To think that you can't make a difference where you're proving and you'll spend time on Twitter and doing surveys and doing Insta and all that time, you'll spend time doing that, but you're not spending enough time exercising and spending your vote appropriately. So that's the big message out of this is you have to spend your vote appropriately and debate with other people about how you're going to spend your vote. Talk to others to say, I'm thinking of spending my vote. I mean, you are spending, I'm thinking of my vote, spending my vote on, on this bloke or that lady or this party. Talk to others and say, well, why are you spending it that way? And, and talk to it like spending so it's not personal. You yeah, know? I love that. Well, I don't think that his policies will fit. I don't think this part works. I think his sleeves are too short. I don't know. Yeah. But talk about it, something. It's, it's yours. It's, it's, it's a right and it's valuable. 
So what are some of the key things people can look at, Dad? Like, for example, I, I've learned like to look at where the money comes from for people's campaigns, for example, or like the person's history. Like if they're claiming, you know, like, oh, I'm going to fix climate change. But when you look at their history, they actually have like been against, they've been like, not nah, climate change is bullshit. So what are some of the key things that you need to be looking at before you choose someone to vote for? You, you have to, one, be very careful as to what you're looking at because, okay. of course, people will be trying to mislead and deceive you. Yep. When you type, is Trump a nice bloke, you will probably find 50 websites which will come up with 100 reasons why Trump is a nice bloke. Now, if you believe those websites, that's fine, you know, but, but maybe don't. Maybe thinking about where you're getting your information from. And, and in my view in life, it's pretty easy to determine what the future or how someone is likely to act. And you know how they're likely to act? Is very clearly from the pattern of behaviour of their previous acts. So in Australia, I think you have a group called Open Government or something like that, which actually tracks the votes of individual members as to how they voted on certain bills. So if the guy basically says, oh, you know, um, I care about climate change, but is inviting through... Uh, major changes to environmental legislation which will destroy the Great Barrier Reef. You think, oh, that's pretty good, isn't it? So, mm. you know, I don't, need to, I don't need someone to tell me he's spinning it out one end and doing something or the other. But in most jurisdictions, and in fact, I think in the US particularly, you have a log of how people have voted on matters and you can't expect their behaviour to be any different to how they've, behaviour after the election to be any different to how, they've, how it was before the election. They can tell you that they're going to act differently, but horseshit, right? You know, you've had kind of like a long time to work out how you're going to act. They're probably going to act exactly the same way because yeah. that's the pattern of behaviour. And, um, and also they will probably act that way because they've probably been getting money from people who wanted them to vote that way. Yeah, yeah. In the US, in Australia, in Australia, you know, a lot of voting by politicians and by parties is determined by the big fat businesses who are paid 350 times everybody else, mm. uh, 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 porking money over to politicians to ask them to vote one way or the other. So democracy is in a really bad state, in um, certainly in the US and, and in Australia, um, where, where we do not have uh, clear uh, rules against, against donations. And is that like, so I think, if, correct me if I'm wrong, you can't see what donations people have gotten, like what donations parties have gotten, right? It's just like, it's pretty blanket. I think like Dermot was saying to me that like, if it was a business, you would know where the donation has come from. But if it's a political party, you don't know where the donations have come from. Um, no, I think, I think the question is if you make a donation directly to a political party, you can see where it's coming from. But if you've put okay. the money into a company and the company's made the donation and the company can be totally different to you, then you may not know where the donation is coming from. So in Australia, I think the AEC has a, well, I know ABC have what do they call a, a website which tracks donations and tries to track donations. But I think there was like $350 million donated to Australian political parties. Now, have you and I got $350 million? Well, you know where it's coming from. It's from those people who, you know, the companies around the place. So this is why it's not democratic because these people only talk, they vote in accordance to dollars, not in accordance to you and I. Mm. Um, and only 70 million of that $350 million, if I remember right, was actually able to be determined where it came from. Whoa. That's so so some parties, some you know, have been asking for electoral reform and most people have. I mean, certainly one of, was one of my policies. But ele the electoral reform, particularly in relation to donations, is not difficult if you receive money from somebody to type into a website and disclose where the money's come from. Mm. But they won't do it. Uh, Which just screams dodgy. Like there's something to hide. Well, no, what they do is, is, oh, that people might be nervous about, you know, about, you know, uh, uh, you know, letting people know about their affiliations. That's one handle. Or the other handle is um, the, the capitalist of this world will say, well, you know, it's not my fault you guys don't have money. I've got money and I'll apply my money as I feel appropriate. It's my right <laughs> to give my money where I and I'll use all my money to make sure that I get more money. It's pretty easy, isn't it? God, Me and my okay. friends, my money, 
we'll make sure that we have policies so that we can make even more money. Oh, we love those. That's great. Oh let's gosh. reduce. Let's reduce tax on the top end of town, and uh, let's let's cut services to the people who have the least. Um, and uh, and it'll all be good. We like having poor people because then they'll work for less. That's great. That's what mm. we love. Okay, so quickly, just a quick note um, that I wrote down to ask you about a question. So what's the difference, because you just mentioned capitalism before, what is the difference between capitalism, socialism, and fascism, and then any of the others? Like there's, I feel like there's so many, I get so confused. Like do we live in a capitalist country or a socialist country or I don't know? I get confused. So um, Australia and uh, Australia, uh, the US and the UK are running in uh, what you'd call a capitalist country. The problem is capitalism is not one position. So the capitalist system um, uh, only works if you have regulation of capitalism. And so capitalism cap- is money? Cap- no, capitalism is about how, yeah, basically monopoly is that you run around um, trying to earn as much as possible um, and make much money as possible and board directors are only there for the purposes of generating wealth for the company and yeah. that's, that's the way that it works. Now, um, <clears throat> the, the capitalism is a very, um, you know, a good, a, good, a good and successful model. It is a very good and successful model. Um, but not all capitalism is equal because if you allow capitalism without regulation, if you allow capitalism without regulation, then capitalism will actually result in one company one big monopoly because obviously that's how you make the most money. If you can remove your competitors in any possible way, you'll be able to charge people more and you'll be able to make more money. So the way the capitalist system works is it is designed to create a competitive environment, but like a competitive environment on a football field, you need umpires. And those umpires need to be able to control the game. And if they don't control the game, the game becomes very unfair. So what we have at the moment is a capitalist system, in my view, which is running very unfairly, very unfairly towards particularly younger people. Um, and that's what you go, and, and, and it's an unjust and unfair system. And I probably highlighted it by the difference between CEO salaries, you know, 50 years mm. ago and CEO today. You know, is it fair that the average CEO in the S&P has 350 times the normal salary? That just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense because, you know, his wife, uh, her wife or his or, I mean, let's just, you know, the CEO's family could have an issue and he may not be able to work tomorrow. Yeah. The next person who's going to replace him is probably paid one quarter. Well, is he worth four times and the person who's going to replace him the next morning? Yeah. And if he goes, is worth, you know, Half of what the person? No, these guys are not worth three hundred and fifty times. They're not. They could they, they have a, a huge advisory firm advising them. They're not worth this amount of money. So, the capitalist system runs from rampant capitalism, which you know, which is where we are at the moment, which does appear to be the case. If everything's going bad in the world at the moment, right? Everybody's losing their jobs. Everything sucks, right? At the moment. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah have but have a guess who's having a party? The capitalists. Why? Because the stock market's booming. Yeah, because the government's putting lots of money in the stock market. Yeah, we've got to keep those shares up. Yeah, the share price is going crazy. Yeah, we're getting richer. Yeah, and whose money are we doing that on? We're doing it on your bloody money. We're doing it on the poor people's money and we're pumping up the stock market. We're pumping up the wealth. Yeah, we're all getting richer. And the only people who can get rich out of the stock market are those people who actually own shares. Who are they? They're the people already rich. So basically you've got a whole system here which is unfair. It's an unfair form of capitalism. So okay. capitalism can go from that form to a well-controlled form of capitalism where you actually say, yeah, we like competition, we think that's great. But, you know, frankly, we can't have a world where there is only three pharmaceutical companies in the world of any yeah. substance. Well, we've got this at the moment. We've only got three large agri-companies in the world. We make agricultural chemicals. Yeah. Well, that's bullshit. What type of competition are you going to get from three? Yeah. Well, why hasn't the government said, well, hang on, this is the world here. We used to have that rule for one country. In Australia, you used to have three. Well, now they've gone, we used to play this great game. You know, you'd rip all the companies up in different countries. So you'd meet their stupid little rules, which were mm-hmm. three, and then you end up with the whole world as three. Why shouldn't you be saying, look, I'm sorry, we need 30 
large agricultural chemical companies in the world. We yeah. need 30 Amazons. We need 30 of this or 40 of that. I'm sorry, we're not going to allow you to continue to grow anymore. Yeah. Get on with competing. Stay fit and nimble. Stay yeah. small, small, nimble and, and, and grow. Uh, but you're not going to get over that size. Sorry, you get to a certain size and then what you should do is you should split up and become more nimble again, remembering that you're on a proper team here. You're on a, a game of capitalism which needs proper umpires to control the game. And then if you do have umpires that control the game, then you can have a system which starts to bring back fairness and starts to bring back some equality. So it's not like uh, to maximise profits, to maximise profits I should screw the environment and screw my workers. Then I maximise profits. Beautiful. That's what the capitalist system would say. And the only reason why you won't do that is uh, I won't totally destroy the environment because there might be some rules and regulations stopping me or I won't totally screw the workers because there may be some unions protecting me. But if I could really squish those unions and stop them from protecting me, or I could really destroy those, get rid of those terrible rules and stop me from destroying the environment, then I would be able to make more profit. That's not the type of game we should be playing here in capitalism. Capitalism should be about making sure all the players can make more and be better off, not just some players. You know? And so that's where the rules of capitalism are being destroyed. So then you get into socialism. Yeah. And socialism is at the very, very far end of the capitalist scale, which basically it says all the assets are owned by the people. And um, What country that, is socialism? Well, look, I guess, um, yeah, well, China is because of their political system. Well, I don't know, I wouldn't say China is. So, um, there aren't that many socialist countries um, around. Okay. Um, most of the socialist countries, look, you'd say... Sweden maybe is slightly more socialist. Norway is slightly more Oh, yeah, because they're very equal. They have so much equality. They, yeah, they, they, they focus on equality more than, than other places. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they, you know, and, and, but, but they run a capitalist system. They just run a, a very heavy rules-based kind of capitalist system. Yeah, okay. Now, and, and Australia used to have, I mean, we used to own everything. Australia, you know, all the telecom was owned by the taxpayer, Australia Post was owned by the taxpayer. Every airport was owned by the taxpayer. Every electricity utility was owned by the taxpayer. All the ports were owned by the taxpayers. All of those have just been sold. You used to own those when we used to own those. Uh, so we used to be more of a socialist country. We used to be, yeah, we used to be more of a, more of a, well, I wouldn't, yeah, I'd say sort of more socialist than what we were now. Yeah, we, we believed that the government had a role to play in business. Okay. Now we just... We want to get government out of business and let business just kind of like eat everything in its sight. Right. Okay. Okay. And then what's China? China is is a communist country, and that's communist oh, because that's it only has good. it only has one party. So you're in, you're in a communist country because you only have one party. You can't vote for anybody else. You vote mm-hmm. for the communist. There ain't much point in complaining in China. You can't use your vote there. Yep. They don't have that $1,000 um, to complain. If yep. you get complaining, honey, you might not be around too long. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, in, you know, in our country, fortunately, we believe complaining is pretty good. We like getting out there and complaining. And we think complaining is actually a form of competition, which is what yep. we like. Yep. We like to compete for, we like to compete for outcomes and yep. we believe it's a very important part of making sure our society is strong to enable people to go and express different views. As long as we're actually doing it properly, which a lot of us now can know how to do, thanks to you. So, question, Dad. I know that you explained it to me when we were having a conversation on the phone of like the, and you had a really good explanation of like the difference between. So, you know how America's welfare system and stuff is just like balls, whereas Australia's welfare system is better in terms of supporting people that have less money. Can you explain the difference? And you explained the whole education system and that dude that kind of was like the schools that have lower grades and need more money. You know how you're explaining that? Yeah, can you explain that to everybody? Yeah, so, so everything is a, a, a policy a policy choice, right? So so there's a lot of people who say governments can't do certain things or you can't deliver this or you can't deliver that. It's totally not true. A, a government um, just needs to make choices. Um, so to give you a good example, I had this debate with people because Australia is going through a scenario where it's lost a lot of students, uh, you know, university students, 
and people and, and um, they were saying that they were going to restrict the Australian intake so they weren't going to have as many Australian students even though they'd lost all their foreign students because they weren't making enough money out of Australian students. Now, now you know, and they said, oh, but that's the way that it has to be because we need the money because the government isn't giving us money for our universities so we have to focus on foreign students over Australian students. And a lot of people thought that's rational, that, you know, and that is a rational thing at the moment in the circumstance that you have in Australia at the moment. But it didn't have to be that way. When I went to university, the university was free, 100% free. So it was a choice at that time. The government chose that they wanted to ensure that they could invest in the education of people, of their citizens, and they chose to make it free, recognising, of course, later on there may be higher taxes to pay. Yeah. But that's just a choice. You can't, you have to cho choose in your expenditure. So, so in Australia, we have a health system which is very different to the U US. We have universal health care here. Now, um, again, we have a similar problem. The, the Liberal Party is trying to destroy our universal health system. Oh, in no Australia. way. That's terrible. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, so, so um, in, in Australia, everybody um, is entitled to a, a level of free health care. It used to be all the same health care, you know, it used to be the same, but it's now become a level of free health care because what they're saying is those people who are prepared to pay more can get better health care. Now, doesn't that sound nice to say, oh, well, those people who are prepared to pay more can get better health care? Well, what does it nice. really mean? It actually means that if you can't pay more, you will get worse health care. Yeah. That's what it means. But yeah. they put it on the positive scenario. So, so in Australia, if you get, you know, if I get hit by a bus, um, walking across the road, I get picked up by an ambulance and I get taken to the hospital, the critical emergency care, and people will work to me with work on me until I'm black and blue and, and pop out the other side. Could cost a million bucks with you know a spinal replant or whatever, millions of dollars, and they'll say, See you later. Um, good on you, mate. Thank you so much for coming. I hope you don't get hit by a bus. Um, <laughs> please be careful stepping off the sidewalk, okay? Yeah, in the I think what happens is if you get hit by a bus, first of all, an ambulance arrives and says, do you have any insurance? And you go, no. And they go, well, I'm not sure that I can even pick you up. Mm. If they do decide to pick you up, they might call up a hospital and say, hey, we've got this person uh, who's been squashed by a bus. They really need urgent medical care. And the hospital will go, well, I'm not having them because mm. they're not going to pay for all this expenditure. Mm. So they have to race around to try and find a hospital that might be willing to take them. Not surprisingly, the only hospital that might be willing to take them He's probably not got the best care in it either. Yeah. If they can get into a hospital, and then if they do leave the hospital, they're bankrupt anyway. So one of the, the biggest causes. Be so huge. Yes, one of the biggest causes of bankruptcy in the US is is actually healthcare costs. There was this video going around on Instagram, Dad, and um, this like channel was basically interviewing UK people, saying how much do you think it costs to get an ambulance to the hospital if you were like hit by a car, and they were like oh, it's free, isn't it? And they were like 2,500 starting and, and all these UK people were shocked. And like, they were asking like, how much does it cost to get like an IUD? And they were like 80 bucks and it's like 600. And they're like, what the fuck? How? Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, that is a choice. So that, I mean, it's not, not anything to do with it being ridiculous. That is a complete choice of a system. They have chosen that system in the okay. US. And people say, oh, it'll cost so much to fix. Well, everything costs so much to fix. They're spending trillions and trillions of dollars and we just we're spending 50 billion dollars on diesel submarines which oh, i don't even know whether you'll be able to get diesel you know it'd be like getting coal ships you yeah, know running what? steam liners by the time they get built what are we going to use diesel submarines How got submarines even exist to be honest well you know there's gonna be drone submarines so they'll be useless but but there are policy decisions and choices that governments make and they can make a decision the government can actually say well we'll have the universal health care yeah we can do that yeah. just mean well, that increase taxes a little bit. Everything has to be pay, uh, paid for. So when you come around to education, mm. what I was talking about, Gonski reforms here, which is very much exactly what should be done. In, in the US, there's a real mess in relation to this. Um, it's certainly very good in the UK and it's kind of less good in Australia. Australia isn't as good as what the UK is in relation to this. But under the Gonski reforms, it's quite simple, is that the amount of money that a school gets depends upon how badly it's performing <laughs> So if the school is performing badly, 
uh, it obviously means you know, it's getting shitty grades. It means there's something wrong with the teachers and there's something wrong with the school. So we need to start upgrading the school to make sure that everybody at least gets the same start in life. I mean, there's the view in the US that everybody that everybody's born equal. Right? That's a fundamental thought that I think we all have, whether you're in the UK or, or Australia or in the US. But I think the problem is, is that rightfully that's just not true. That mm. if you can't get the same education, you will not have the same opportunities available in the future. You are economically disadvantaged from the point of birth which puts you in a position which is totally unjust. And that's not right. That's not the right type of competition, Monica, because, you know, we pride ourselves on this competition okay. system is this competition should say, hey, we all jump out of mum, we arrive, or out of a bottle or wherever you come out of these days, you know, <laughs> you, you arrive on this planet and competition starts and we all should start equally because that's what we're doing. We're all, yeah. you know, that. but no, oh, no, sorry, you came out of the wrong mum. Mm. And now uh, you're going to have to play, you know, with one hand tied behind your back and a patch over your eye and you're going to get slugged, right? Yeah. It's, it's not right. We have to remember what, what we would all want and, and what we all should expect is not to be treated um, differently and not to deny others the same opportunities that we have. And that's where a tax system is there to try and create that level of equality between people so people have um, equal opportunity to, ex to excel. Now, it doesn't mean we're all going to end up at the same place. It doesn't mean you're all going to end up with the same amount of money. That's clearly not what is going to happen. But to, to at least be able to start off with the opportunity is what we all, I think, consider as fair. And I, oh, and I totally. think that's what underlies a lot of the issues and frustrations and yeah. in the and growing so in Australia and I think young people should feel um, particularly aggrieved. I think young people are being totally screwed over by old people and yeah. you guys don't know how, how well we've had it and how much we've screwed the living daylights out of you guys. It's extraordinary. I mean, Can you give us some you know, examples? Besides, besides paying for uni, what are some other things? Or besides climate change as well? Well, climate change as well. We had no national debt. You're going to end up with the world, the, the, the countries and, and in the US, the, the debt is out of control, which who's going to have to pay off? You are. In Australia, who's going to have to pay off the debt? You are. The national debt is absolutely massive. And, 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 and we owned all of these wonderful assets. So we owned all the airports. We owned the telcos. We owned the ports. We owned the railways. We owned the universities. They were owned, all owned by taxpayers. You know, that, that, that's all been sold and we've, we've enjoyed that too. We've been having a great little party here, us old people, stuffing it in our face, having lower taxes. And then what we've done is we've completely boosted housing prices through the roof so you guys yeah. will never be able to afford That's beautiful. And then what we did, just to top it off, mind you, is we did have a wonderful tax system, which was in the last wave of the Liberal government, which allowed you to put tax-free an unlimited amount of money into your pension fund, into your superannuation, on which you'd never pay tax on again. Unlimited amount. That that would have today, been very helpful. That oh, that would have made it that would have made it me paying myself a bit easier because then you could put more in superannuation, so I'd get it one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could put unlimited amounts in your superannuation, mm. never pay tax on it. So if I was a high net worth person and I had lots of money, oh, oh and I was taxed on that. No, no, I could just take all that money yeah. and shove it in my bedroom and then not pay tax on it. What a beautiful deal. That's great. I want that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all eventually gone because eventually it all starts to add up. But the people who are not going to get that are you guys. These guys have been stuffing, stuffing you around for ages. So you have a massive in, in liability. And, and what's more is I've even got a great deal now, which is what happened at the last election was the um, – was the uh, um, imputation credit system where if a company is paid tax and it pays a dividend and you're a pensioner, you can get back the tax that the company paid. I don't know what that means. Well, but anyway, it's another scam which you won't, I can guarantee you it will not be there in 10 years' time and it'll be another perk that the old farts will be able to enjoy who've got right. pension schemes worth hundreds of millions of dollars who are not paying tax, who are in houses which are overinflated and we don't even have any death duties in Australia. So in terms of this equal game, an equal game, so Monica, yeah, this was, it's very common in the UK had this. So what they said is, look, at the end of the game, you know, the end of your life, the end of your game, 
game's up. You've either enjoyed it and don't have any money left. But if you do have a lot of money left, you've got to pay tax on it, right? You know, you, you can't just hand it to your kids because yeah. that's unfair. They didn't earn it. They don't get a free goal. They don't get a free goal. Is you're going to have to pay tax on that to try and make the game fair because otherwise what you've got is you've got rich mummies and daddies passing it on to their kids, yeah. which is unfair. Sorry, my mum and daddy weren't rich, so you can't pass it on? Yeah. No, you can't. All, all bullshit. You know, so where's the, where's the equality on that? Now, I'm not, you know, in Australia we don't have, um, we don't have death duties. Now, I'm not saying that, that we necessarily should because people will jump up and down and say, oh, my goodness, man, you'd lose every old vote in town. Um, if there were, de- you know, say there was going to be death duties, yeah. but you got to put it in terms of equip. You know, what is what is fair? Do you think it is fair, Monica, or do your people who are on these type of pro, you know, listening to this stuff, think it's fair that just because your parents were rich, you should be able to be better off, really, than somebody else? Is that? Is that really fair? I don't think it's fair because I think also, like, if you have a lot of money in your pension, like, spend it then, put it back into the economy, go on a million holidays if you want to. But just being able to... Give it away. Give it away. Give it away to charity. You don't have to pay the tax money. You can give it away, you know, before you go. That's what a lot of people do in the US and where you have pension tax. Give it away. Give it to a charity. Give it to a court. Yeah. Do do something with it. But you can't give all... You can't give all of it to give your descendants um, a huge advantage without paying some tax on it. So, so you know, you pay some tax on it, fine. Um, I think it's, you know, some people want to hand something down. So that's fine. Pay some tax on it. When you do, when you do, pa- pass it down. I think that's fair. Um, pay tax on it. A thousand percent. Well, their argument is that, that to make it, I paid tax on it when I made it. But it clearly for a lot of people, given that there's no capital gains tax on property, like your house, for a lot of people that have made money out of their houses that have never paid tax on that, okay. there's a lot of money that's never had tax been paid okay. on it. So so looking at those type of inequalities are, are fair things. But you guys need to know why you're being screwed. And I don't think young people know why they're being screwed. It's obvious yeah. to the old people. And we just kind of think, I mean, I'm not saying I'm an old person, but I find it a little, little bit disappointing that that. that you're not the younger generation isn't jumping up and down more. It is not more. Well, I don't think we even. I don't think we even know, Dad. I don't. I mean, this well, is what I got you want. Most, people, most, people, have, most people have got the money. Don't want to tell you, Monica. You know that's not a good idea. You know we, we don't. Yeah. Want to, we we like to keep you like mushrooms. You know, fed on bullshit and in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even I was saying on the podcast that I was Olivia and I actually had a few people DM me, like I remember when we were in Beaver Creek and we were watching um, uh, uh, Scott Morrison's press release. Like that was the first time I've ever actually watched a press release in my fucking life, which is kind of sad. And even just that opened my eyes to the fact of like, wow, like what you see, the people's mannerisms, their vibe is like completely different to what they then will like say to, say to you X, Y, and Z. Like it's important for us to be watching these press releases and we fucking don't. You mean um, press, conference, press conferences, you mean? Or, or, oh, that's or, what I mean. Yeah, don't, I mean, don't yeah, take press. me on terminology. <laughs> okay. No, so, uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. No, okay. but I think everyone... Go on, you go. No, no, you go, you go. No, we're running out, we're running out of time. We've got okay. a bit of time. Well, I was just, just going to say... Um, Dad, so basically, like, with America, because of their, like, education system and welfare system, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, it's so hard for people to get out of the cycle of poverty if they're born into it, which is not fair. They should be able to at least have that education and, like, the healthcare where they they do have the opportunity to then get out of the poverty cycle if they choose rather than, like, being kind of stuck in there. Yeah, and, Monica, this comes around to, I mean, obviously, you know, we lived in the States, as you know, mm, but yeah. it's very apparent. In a lot of in a lot of towns, the schools are funded by the town, by the city limits of the town. So in Scarsdale, where we lived, it was a pretty rich area. What happens in a rich area it has a rich school. What's a rich yeah. school? A rich school provides better education. You go one kilometre or one mile down the road, you'd be in White Plains. It's a less wealthy area. The houses aren't as expensive. They don't charge as much there. In other words, people can't afford I mean, the, the, the taxes that you pay on your property are less and your schooling is less. Mm-hmm. I mean, the US, this idea of privatising, they've actually really privatised education. We have that in Australia a lot more than the UK and that was what I was explaining. In the UK, most people go to standard public schools, which are 
paid for by the taxpayer yeah. rather than, 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 than private schools. There are some kind of super private schools like Eton and those type of places. Mm. Um, in Australia, we have quite a lot of private schools, a lot more than in many other places. In the US, oh, you know, really a lot of the schools are private and you have to pay for them and they're in rich suburbs and otherwise basically you get thrown to the, to the wind. And that's just not, not, not going to create an equal outcome. And, and that's all I look at. it. I think you just need to look at life and say, hey, it's a game, right? We all know we can't, we don't, we don't know, you know, what's going to happen to us next week or the week after. It, it is a game of life. And what is better than to play a game of life with everybody um, if you feel like people are playing it fairly and it's relatively equal? So then if I'm playing really well, I feel good. Um, but even if I'm not playing well, at least I don't feel like I'm being done over every time I go on the field. Or, I'm, you know, I've got to go on the field and, you know, I've got to hop and everybody's able to run. That's just rubbish. That's just not a, not a system that you, that you want. It's not a fair system for people. You're on mute, I'm afraid. Thank you. Sorry, a plane was going over. Okay, yeah, no, not a fair system. Okay, so um, a few more questions, Dad, and then I'll let you go. Um, is there sure. a way to shut down how political parties are able to lie about what they do and lies about other parties? There has to be something that we can do to shut it down. Uh, vote. Okay. Um, so, in other words, you can vote for integrity and, and uh, parties that actually will bring back integrity of the political system. Yeah. There is such fear. The politicians will not say they're wrong or that the information I gave you is incorrect. And uh, it's really important that they're held to account um, and that their statements are fact-checked. And if they say stuff that's total crap, then immediately they should correct it themselves. If they did, then more politicians would correct themselves and not say crap. But at the moment they feel they can say crap and, you know, People ask them questions and they just say crap all over again. They don't, they don't respond. They just think that they lying is clever. Well, they just lie and they think it's clever because they think that's part of the sport. They think that's part of the game that we like yeah. to play. They think that's what politics is. Politics is about lying. It's about winning at all cost and truth is not part of the game. That's fucked. Yeah, fucking hell. Um, okay, and then another question was how to form a political opinion and separate yours from your family's. And that actually this is a good one because I feel like a lot of people, like their parents are liberal. And like I know, for example, even like, I mean, thanks to you, I now understand voting. But before that, I would just ask you guys, who do I vote for and memorize it in my head and then go down and do it. And I feel like a lot of people do do that or they just vote for who their family votes for. So how can you make a separate opinion to your family and, like, it's okay if your family's voting, for example, Liberal, for you to vote for Independent Party? Um, it's your vote. <laughs> you can go and have sex with somebody when you're over 18. It's your vote. It's really important to your future as to what, how, you, how, you, how you vote. Yeah. And to think that you're just your vote in accordance to your parents' wishes. If your parents told you not to go and have a drink or schnog a nice-looking bloke, would you tell any attention? No, it's your future. <laughs> so, so, you know, these are really important matters. You need to make your own decision for yourself. God damn it, you're not allowed to vote till you're 18. You're old enough to make a sensible decision. If you're not, don't vote. If you can't make your own decision, do every else a favour and don't vote. That's what I go there and rip up the paper. You can go to the polling booth. And you can just tear it up and put it in the bin or you can just put it in the bin without writing on it. You, you have to, in, in Australia, see in the US you don't have to vote at all. In the UK yeah. you don't have to vote. So young people, well, if you really can't be bothered voting, then don't bloody well vote. We don't want your opinion, right? Yeah. But, you know, real go, go waste $1,000. Let's go waste $1,000. In Australia you have to vote. Yeah, <laughs> if you're thing. just going to vote in accordance well, if you're just going to follow blindly what someone else tells you yeah. without any thought in the pro don't vote. Go just put a mark in, just, you know, fold it up and put it in the bin without. If you can't be bothered working out how to vote, then for heaven's sake, don't cast it. Yeah. Waste you your thousands. Do you reckon a lot of people they like just see the faces that have they've seen the most, aka that have the biggest mar the biggest marketing budget, and then they just go, oh, like I know that name, and then they just tick that even though they don't, they don't have a fucking clue what the guy does. Then they're stupid. Yeah. Do you reckon people, plenty of people, well, do that though? Yeah, because they don't value their vote. So if any message that you need to get out here is, I can't stop people from being stupid. But one of the whole idea of these podcasts, what we're trying to do, is tell people that their vote is valuable. 
Yeah. Don't allow your friends to be stupid and encourage them to think about it as a, something of real value and tell them not to waste their vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes yep. a difference. Um, and then can you quickly explain, um, you've got Liberal and Labor in Australia or, like, Democrats and Republicans. Um, when you have independent parties, like, can you, I mean, I know you explain it to me of, like, how do they then run the country? Because there's something about, like, oh, you could vote in an independent and then it would take out the weighting of the Liberals in the Parliament House or something or other? Yeah, so in other words, to be able to pass anything, you need to have a majority of votes, Monica. So if you have, you know, if, if you had 100 people in Parliament in total... Parliament House, like imagine them all Parliament in their seats. Imagine, imagine there are 100 politicians and that made up Parliament. Okay. If you, if you had 45 Liberal and 44 Labor, okay, so you're still short, I don't know, nine votes... But at the moment, you'd be saying, oh, well, the Liberal Party, if the independents don't vote, the Liberal Party wins because it could vote its 45 votes and it would have more votes than the Labor Party, which had 44. But if one of those independents voted for Labor rather than all nine, just one of them did and the rest didn't vote, for example, you'd be 45-45, in which case the bill wouldn't pass. So, But if two of those independents voted Labor, then... Whilst there may be a Liberal government, the bill would not pass and it would be held by Labor as a bill. So wait, because do, in, do independents sit in Parliament or they vote for they a sit in, they, they sit in Parliament and they vote independently. So they look like at the bill. That's the, the whole bill, point about right, independence. Okay. So someone puts up a bill and, and, and it may be, well, you know, Liberal and Labor, they all vote on party lines, which is pretty stupid as well. All their members vote one way and all the Labor members vote another way. Okay. And, and then you're sitting in there and saying, well, actually, um, if, we, if, if we as independents all vote for one of these blocks, we determine whether it passes or fails. So in essence, then it becomes the independents that control parliament. They can control uh, parliament. Because it. if we give nine votes to Liberal, it goes through. If we give our nine votes to Labor, it doesn't go through. Or even Labor's bill goes through. So, so effectively, you can control the House. Okay. By just being the the balance of power is what's called to have the balance of power to be able to to make and move your vote so that something passes or doesn't pass the house. Got it. So it doesn't doesn't take much. You only need about seven or eight independents, and you're likely to have a balance of power situation where the independents control the house. Beautiful. Okay. Cool. So um, last thing, and then I'll let you go. So. Um, with like uh, donations and whatnot, so obviously people need to look where the donations are actually going, like fucking dig. But I think a lot of people don't know because I didn't know until you the importance of actually donating to a political party. Can and I don't mean like a big fat liberal party where they've got millions coming from a corporate thing. I mean like maybe small people. Can you explain if there needs to be an explanation of like why it's actually important that if you want to make systemic change, getting involved in like showing up to you, to the meetings that you would have, Dad, or like that kind of stuff, like how that's really important for change? And like yeah, well, let's start. How much do you think a campaign costs? So I ran this, in this seat here of Kuyong. Uh, 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 how much do you think Josh Frydenberg and the Liberal Party spent in this seat? Well, I kind of have some sort of idea now, like a couple of millions, a couple of million. Yeah, yeah, it's about $2.2 million. $2. $2 million. So if you believe marketing works and you're trying to actually make sure people you can you can compete for want of a better word, yeah. um, you either have to be super smart or you have to have a shitload of money to be able to compete as well. Campaigns are not are not cheap. I mean, remember you've got to give everybody, you're gonna if you to to do one mail out in our electorate, to send one people an envelope addressed to them with a message in was forty thousand dollars. Whoa. So one letter to people is forty thousand. Little area. Yeah. So like in the area so, of Kuyong, basically for in. Yeah, it's forty forty thousand bucks, forty thousand dollars a um a post uh, you know send out a letter to people that's so that it's post. Well, that's just the cost. People don't realise how expensive political parties are. That that's yeah. a big politics is. That's why it's really important. I mean, it, it doesn't it, it it doesn't have to be that. Well, so it is that expensive if you want to go and post out to people. But, you know, if, if everybody donated, say, $10 each, 
um, in our electorate, there'd be over $2 million. You don't need $2 million to run a campaign. You yeah. don't need that because he wanted to spray money and have his face on every polling booth and every <laughs> every uh, billboard and, and he posted 40 letters out to people. I don't know how many letters he sent out. It was ridiculous. It was just his post box was littered with letters and flyers and everything else. Uh, um, um, it doesn't have to be that expensive. And, again, it comes around to the game. Competition, Monica. What you should do is say, well, let's have a competition and let's actually cap the amount you can spend. Why? Um, you know, if you basically... Then, hey guys, you can have the election campaign. Good on you. The maximum amount you can spend each is fifty thousand bucks, and you can have ten dollars each from every sucker in the electorate who'll give you ten bucks. That gives you a reason to get out there and see, kiss a few babies, and see if you can get your ten bucks from everybody. And you can use that in your campaign. Go for it. Yeah, that'd be fair competition. But is a fair competition that that I ring up a big mining company and they give me a big fat donation, and I use that for the purposes of trying to win a seat? No, nah, it's got nothing to do with people. It's just a big business trying to carry and make sure that it gets its policies through. So there should not only there should be donation reform, which actually means you get very clear in terms of who can donate, how they donate, and how it's disclosed. But secondly, there should be caps on electoral spending. Yeah, there should be a cap that you can only spend so much per seat. It's a waste of money spending so much money trying to reach people. We know how you can reach people through social media these days. You don't need to spend that amount of money. It's only for ego that these people spend such ridiculous amounts of money because they want to see their face on everything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it's definitely important. I I think people don't realize that I didn't. It's definitely because you you, because like political parties weren't charities. I was would be like, why do you have to donate to them? But it's really important to, especially like independent people that aren't getting money from massive Fortune 500 companies, is really important to be helping them out because it costs so much money. Yeah, it also it's also a very good thing for you to do, Monica, because I bet you if you're going to donate money to somebody, let's assume, you know, if you're going to donate 100 bucks to somebody, you're going to find out something about them. Mm. You're going to do some research. You're going to say, well, I'm going to make my vote count. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. That all of a bloke, he told me my vote was worth $1,000 and I consider it and I should look at it as if I'm going for a... Well, actually, now put that to the test. Would you actually spend a hundred bucks on that and see whether you've done enough analysis where you actually part with a hundred bucks? You don't have to think of it being worth a thousand dollars. Think of it being worth a thousand dollars in clothes. But actually, would you part, part any money and actually go through all the candidates? Would I give money to this candidate? That candidate? I'm actually physically going to have to make a decision here. I've got a bottle of wine on a Friday night. Yeah. That cost me twenty bucks. I'm going to spend my drinking money on giving it to one of these candidates. Now, let's just work out and do the research on on which one I think I should provide it to and make sure that I am giving my money to the right person, the right, yeah. the right you know, the so, right one. Do, that's fair competition. Yeah. Um, any last things that you want to mention, Dad, that we haven't talked about or that you just want to share or anything important people need to um, know? Well, just remember that if you had success with um, Black Lives Matters, which I think you are having, uh, there has been some success uh, mm. likely to be achieved. It'll be important to make sure there is real success and real change. But real change was not going to come from policing, right? Real change comes from the um, inequality that's caused. Black Lives Matters isn't, you know, I know it's caused, and I perceive, you know, you can see that it's the, the policing matter, but it's just a factor of inequality. It's it's inequality, and then it's in, and then it's discrimination on top of the inequality that, that is totally unjust and unfair. So, mm. so deal with inequality at the same time, and then actually you should be saying to yourself, why am I allowing these people to continually to destroy the environment? If we, you know, is the Great Barrier Reef not worth something? Is the Amazon not worth something? Are our oceans not worth something? Is the whole future of ecosystems not worth something? But people don't seem to want to go out about that. They don't see what's happening around them. And they please need, if you want to educate yourself about the political system, please educate yourself about what environmental mess that we're getting in. If you think COVID-19, you don't know what's going on with that, mate, half these people, you are blind in comparison to the dangers and damage that's coming your way. Uh, as a result of climate change. Um, yeah. uh, it's ignorant. It's ignorance. For anybody who's watching this at your age, it's ignorance not to know the the, uh, the real damage that's heading your way for which you need to start jumping up and down for. We'll be dead. You'll be in it. You'll be in the soup. 
we'll be sitting around there living off our big fat pension schemes that we <laughs> stuck with tax money, you know. And, you know oh yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, anyway. Thank you so much, Dad. If anyone, if anyone needs to learn about climate change, we did an episode ages ago, Dad and I, explaining everything, so you can go back and listen to that. Thank you so well, much. I don't, think I, would have explained, I, don't think I don't think I would have explained everything. There's a hell of a lot to go. Well, yeah, but that was it was, a good, it was a good starting point. Thank you so much for being on with us as usual, Dad, and um, hope everybody enjoyed it. Well, thank you, Dad, as per usual. And, guys, I'm going to jump straight to it. If you are sitting on the fence about joining Baba, get off the fence. If you want to learn how to do business in your feminine and embody all of it and create those deeper shifts, get rid of your trauma X, Y, and Z, you are running out of time. Baba is about to close until next year where it will then reopen. Don't know when, so don't hold me to it. So if you're feeling the niggle, trust the fucking niggle. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you got lots of chicken nuggets out of today's episode. I would be really, really grateful if you'd be able to leave me a review and a star rating that you think is appropriate, hopefully five. And if you could share this podcast so that I can help more women live a life of flow and ease, I would be so fucking grateful. Make sure you tag me in it on Instagram so I can personally thank you because I know so many of my clients have found me literally because their friends have posted about my podcast on their Instagram story. And I just want to help as many women as possible. So by you sharing it, I would be so fucking grateful. And I'm sure your friends would be too. If you do want to welcome me, please do check out my website for all those details. And of course, you can DM me on Instagram with any other questions. If you have any podcast things you want me to talk about, any ideas, any feedback, I am always open to it. And I always love hearing what you guys have to say. So please don't hesitate about that either. I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are. 